This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Welcome to Betting Weekly Extra Time La Liga Edition. You're with Dan Roebuck and the editor of Football España, Rory Barlow. Analysis for week 30 is coming up. Just a reminder, Barcelona failed to score and indeed went for that matter, obviously, for the third straight match in all competitions last weekend. Two of them in La Liga. The gap between Xavi's team and Real Madrid is nine points, but Bet Rivers... Haven't reopened the futures market on Barcelona. Still no offers. So despite recent woes in front of goal, Rory, and obviously real priorities is the Champions League, this is still very much Barcelona's to lose, isn't it? I think it has to be looked at this way. I mean, there is there is a school of thought and there is kind of a slight inkling that if Barcelona do not arrest this slide, if they do not uh, kind of pick things up, then yeah, maybe we do have a title race towards the end. But even if we have a title race, it, it is still going to be in Barcelona's hands ultimately. And you look at once that Atleti game's out of the way, they do have a few tricky ties. They've got Osasuna, Real Betis, Real Sociedad, but these are all games that they should win. And in particular, when they get players back, I mean, Pedri and De Jong are meant to be hopefully back for, for this game against Atletico Madrid. I mean, that's that's been the big thing is that these injuries have extended far longer than anybody could possibly have expected. Dembélé was meant to be back at the start of March. Uh, Petri was meant to be back in um, for El Clasico before the end of March as well. And Frankie de Jong was meant to be a week-long injury, but all of these have extended towards kind of a month or so. And I think that has uh, really hit Barcelona. The fact that they're not only lacking morale, but lacking a bit of creativity. Um, this is a team that, as we've said all season, just about gets by. And then when you remove key elements from it, that's when they really tend to struggle. Maybe just lacking a bit of focus as well, given the fact that they're so far in front. But we'll get to their game against Atleti because Rory's going to tip in the fixture. Incidentally, Real Madrid plus 2,500 to win La Liga this season. The gap could conceivably come down to six off the back of this weekend's fixtures. And there are midweek games next week as well. So it should be interesting. We should point out as well, you mentioned Barcelona injuries. Real Madrid off the back of their, I want to say, straightforward success in the tie over Chelsea. But Chelsea played pretty well for the first 45 minutes. But they've got injury issues to deal with as well and, and might have to, to manage their squad from a domestic point of view, Rory. Yeah, 100%. I think Carlo Ancelotti will be rotating regardless of how he feels about the title because I think the pressure's kind of off them in a in a big way. So 
when when you're rotating and the pressure's off you, I don't feel like it's as big an issue because if you look at the players that are coming into a Real Madrid side, they're still better for the vast majority of cases than anyone they're playing against. It's when the pressure's on them and when they have to break down sides and there's a little bit more kind of tension that that kind of plays more of a factor than you rely on bigger players more, in my personal view. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of knocks. I think David Alaba, um, Kevin Benzema, we sort of niggles, but I think they'll be they'll be okay in the end. And uh, yeah, it was very much stereotypical Real Madrid's kind of give you a chance, let you into the game, give you a couple of a uh, couple of opportunities. Courtois with a big save, and then they will score just when you think you might be getting on top of them. It was uh, textbook to say the least. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a really difficult one for betters because you can look at the way Chelsea played and you think, how on earth are Chelsea struggling in the Premier League? You know, they were creating chances against Real Madrid, the European champions. But as you've talked about all season, that's sort of what Real Madrid let you do. And I think if you're a, an English Premier League better, and I'm sure we get a bit of a crossover uh, from our other content, then just be wary about maybe backing Chelsea off the back of a 45 minutes and let's face it, they didn't score against Real Madrid in midweek. Anyway, that's for a different podcast, which I'm sure you are across. For us, we're talking La Liga, five picks this week, all 10 games, as per usual, streamed live on the Bet Rivers app. So if you've not yet signed up, signed up, you can watch all of the soccer action from Friday. I say through until Monday, there's midweek rounds as well. So we just basically roll straight on to next midweek and we'll have a podcast for you. Um, we think out. Monday night uh, European time. So it will drop into your inbox as uh, as far as you're concerned uh, in the eastern side of the States. Uh, we're hopeful for, for a good time on Monday night for you. Um, we're going to kick off Friday night for our roundup this week. This is Espanyol against uh, Cadiz. Espanyol are plus 100 here. Their favourites, Cadiz plus 310. The draw plus 240. This is 9pm local Friday, 3pm uh, Eastern. We haven't seen a new manager bounce just yet. For Espanyol, Rory here. Luis Garcia still waiting for his first win since taking over. They've lost six on the spin now. I mean, they're in awful form. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as you mentioned, there's six defeats in a row. And there's just no arguments to show that they're really improving from their form under Luis Garcia. They, I'll be honest, I think that the more I watch them, the more they look likely to go down for me. Hossalu, as we've spoken about all season, has been the kind of the goal scorer for them. He's been the one keeping them afloat. He looks mentally fed up as if his kind of patience with this kind of flailing outfit has uh is gone it's snapped and uh and yeah if, if you've sacked a manager that as we spoke about had the support of the squad that he still had a lot of backers within the dressing room despite those results then the new manager comes in three defeats on the bounce he's not really impressed many people with his with his kind of results or or, or seemingly his play yeah, I mean, what motivation is there for us to say that anything is going to change in this match? I think the the one thing that you could say you could argue for Espanyol is that of these two teams on paper, they are still the better side. You can say that your Friday night, this is a must-win game. Absolutely, it's life or death, as Katie Barre, one of our midfielders, said um, in midweek just, just yesterday. And so there is that added factor of kind of they need this result more than Cadiz, but but yeah, I just think mentally they look so sunk. And I think this is the type of game that Cadiz really appreciate, to be honest, because the pressure's not on them. They deal quite well with what I call kind of conventional attacks, where you have like a striker that isn't maybe necessarily too mobile, a striker that stays in the box, 
and where crosses are going to be their chief kind of method of defending. So I think they'll appreciate that. They're unbeaten in three games away from home. Betis, I think, well, Betis kind of self-destructed in that game, a couple of red cards, but Cardiff were creating chances against them. They two draws against uh, La Real and Almeria, and Almeria, I think they were the better side in La Real. That's a tough place to go away from home and pick up points as well. So, so yeah, this is a Cardiff side that are they're playing pretty well, to be perfectly honest, and the pressure's off them. They've got pace on the break. Their confidence, they're four or five points above the relegation zone themselves. And I think if they come away with a point from this match, they'll think, yeah, we're in really good stead to kind of stay up. And hence why I've gone Cardiff to win or tie at minus 125. Minus 125 for Cardiff to avoid a defeat is the play here. Espanyol, incidentally, minus 177 to be relegated. They are favourites if we... Uh, take um, Elche as, as being down already, even though they're not yet mathematically down, but they're going to be relegated. Uh, and Cadiz, incidentally, plus 200 to be relegated. That doesn't really bear out in terms of the match odds, but obviously Espanyol are at home. But we take Cadiz to get a positive result, winner or draw at minus 125. Moving on to Saturday, 6.30 local, 12.30 Eastern, Valladolid against Girona, plus 143, Valladolid, Girona. Plus 195, the draw plus 255 here. Over and under, pretty much pick them. Uh, minus 110, over 2.5 goals. Uh, minus 112, under 2.5 goals. Vidalid, plus 550 winners at Villarreal last Saturday. Biggest price winners on the weekend slate. Uh, an expected goal uh, figure of 2.2, a seasonal high for them. Where on earth did that performance come from, Rory? It's a very good question. It has to be said. So I think Vidal were good against Villarreal. They took the game to them. They exploited the space that Villarreal left behind. But I almost want to kind of shove that blame, to, to use that word in inverted commas, onto Villarreal because it was the most Villarreal performance of the year to beat Real Madrid away from home and then come back home and lose, lose to relegation candidates by Delete. But you can't wrestle credit away from Vidalid for that. Paolo Pezzolano's clearly got reaction. Um, it has to be said, I I was watching the highlights back and I was still kind of surprised that they managed to win this game. I mean, Jawad El-Yamik, the Moroccan centre-half, some might recognise him from the World Cup, went on a run up the entire pitch and then slotted home in, in, in just a, a fashion that you just would not expect. Um, and Villarreal hit the post a couple of times through Chiquete. They were really... They created problems in, in attack as well. Um, and so I think this was a game where Vidalid took their chances um, and they were good value for their, for their win. But I've still, I have my doubts as we're going to come on to with my pick. Yeah, well, Girona defeated Elche, which um, I think everybody predicted, including ourselves. One of the shortest price winners on the slate last weekend. Um, not necessarily impressive in itself, but off the back of a plus 450 draw at Barcelona, they're moving in the right direction, it would appear. They're unbeaten in four. Um, so I guess we should be siding with Girona if if we're taking that Valladolid game as, as a bit of an anomaly, Rory. How do you see this one? What's the pick? I think, yeah, I, I've gone Girona to win or draw because I think Valladolid may well get something out of this. They may well win it, obviously. I mean, Girona are not, no, by no means a kind of fail-safe team, but... Girona to win or draw, plus over 1.5 goals. That comes back at plus 102, which are odds that I like because if you look at kind of the last six or seven games, Girona 
they didn't score against Atletico Madrid and they didn't score against Barcelona, but every other game, they've scored at least twice in those games. And you look at Vidalid, team which is conceding, if you want to be kind of um, facetious and include their 6-0 defeats, not under Paolo Pezzolano against Real Madrid in their last three games, then Vidalid games have involved 15 goals. We know Girona are the team that involve the most goals. So I think there are going to be goals in this match. And Vidalid... I, I just see it being a bit of a back to earth. I mean, we saw them beat Villarreal. That was an impressive performance, as we've mentioned. But they drew free all at home to Mallorca again the week before that. And although they played pretty well in that game too, I think conceding free goals to a side like Mallorca, you then concede a good number of chances to Villarreal. This is a Girona attack that we've spoken about all season. I think the pressure will be on Vidalit to get this result. They'll be incumbent upon them to kind of come after Girona a wee bit and so I think that sets up nicely for this Girona side to hit on the break and uh, if I can hark back to back to Girona Rio Vallecano pretty recently which I was at Rio similarly relatively vertical team that come after you that press you I think Badley will try and do similar things and Girona although that did cause some problems in sections of that game overall were were better value for that point than than Rio were so yeah I, I like Corona here, it has to be said. Um, nice to see Tati Castellanos on the score sheet after he's missed against Barcelona. He can be a streaky striker, plus 510 to score first, plus 195 to score at any time. He's got seven goals this season, five of which uh, are against teams in the bottom six. Sometimes, Roy, you get strikers like that that can't quite do it against the better teams. But when he comes to playing against the rank and file or the lesser likes in any division, they... They tend to come good. I, I don't think it's been the worst first season uh, in Spanish football from a player that's come from Major League Soccer, Rory. How's the sort of assessment with Tati Castellanos? He's an interesting one because he's a player that I think a lot a lot of fans like and a lot of fans appreciate. But equally, there's a certain sense that maybe at times he takes the wrong decision. Maybe he snatches at his shots and he doesn't necessarily have that kind of calmness in front of goal, which I, I don't know if you probably have more of an insight into his kind of major league soccer days. I assume he was kind of more of the natural goal scorer, an instinctive finisher, um, given the amount of goals that he scored. But I think, yeah, Girona are a team that he he does everything right for them, even if he necessarily isn't the most cl- clinical in front of goal. He runs hard, he gets in behind he, he presses very well as well. So I think Michel really likes him. And I think that he'll definitely have options to kind of remain in La Liga next season some, somewhere, if yeah, that's not true. Yeah, I think, I think that's a fair assessment. I think he's got a lot of goals when he was converted really from a winger. He is hardworking. Whether that really good season at New York City FC is just one that will always be his best and he's always going to be a striker that only scores maybe eight, nine, ten goals a season. We'll have to see. But obviously La Liga is a significant step up in class. Speaking of stepping up in class, a big game of the weekend, Barcelona against Atleti, which is a Sunday, 4.15 local. So 10.15 Eastern, Barcelona minus 107. They are favourites. Atletico Madrid, we know how well they've been playing, plus 3.10 the draw. Plus 255. Over and under here. Well, under his favourite. Under two and a half goals at minus 130-ish. Um, and over two and a half goals is plus 105. Got to talk about uh, Barcelona first and foremost. Um, they haven't scored in three in all competitions. Is is there any sort of panic? You mentioned those injuries at the top of the show here, Rory. What is the general feeling with Barcelona at the moment and, and their current struggles in front of goal? 
Yeah, I think panic's maybe the, the wrong word, but there's certainly concern. I think there's a degree of exhaustion and fatigue about this Barcelona side. The new, well, the injuries coming back should really help them, I think. If Dembele is fit, then that will make a massive, massive difference to their attack. But I expect this to be a pretty tight and cagey game, it has to be said. You look at the 1-0 win for Barcelona at the Metropolitano in January. I think that was a game that was tight and Atleti were unlucky to lose. Barcelona got in front and then kind of very much defended their lead from that point on. And I think whichever team does go in front in this game, if one team does, then I think we'll see something similar. Atleti, as much as I've been very impressed with Griezmann and their attack has been very good of late, I think they're still lacking a clinical finisher. And unless Griezmann is scoring those goals, then perhaps they're less likely to to put their chances away. Against the Barcelona defence that we've spoken about all season domestically is very good. I think there's still gaps in it. You can still get at them. But ultimately, it's very, very difficult to score against them at home this season. And so Atleti, I also look at them defensively and see that it was a kind of a freak goal against Raya, against Almeria last weekend. I mean, that scuppered our win to nil bet, didn't it, really? It was an own goal. I mean, you can't believe it. Almeria, I, I noted, uh, the expected goals against uh, Atleti was 0.2. I mean, that's the, the the lowest figure that they have against them all season. And it's when we take them to get a clean sheet. I mean, there's, there's an irony there. But yeah, it was a bit of a freak and we were unlucky with that tip. Anyway, continue. So is the betters life, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you saw, <laughs> you saw Jan Oblak kind of throw up an arm and kind of uh, wonder and say, well, what were we supposed to do about that? It was a big deflection. Leo Baptiste took a shot that was not probably going in and uh, looped into the top corner. But but yes, I did a similar reaction to All Black when I saw it. <laughs> but it has to be said, yeah, Leti, as I was saying, against Almeria, freak goal conceded against Rayo, was, which was the other kind of goal that they've conceded recently. That was kind of when they'd loosened off concentration-wise and were not really playing at their tightest as or most solid as they will be in this game. I don't think there'll be any lapses in concentration quite like that. So Atleti are defending well. Barcelona, we know they rely on defence. I think it's more important... For Barcelona not to lose this than it is for them to win it almost at this point. Um, and I think with those reinforcements as well, we'll see more control, but probably not necessarily that much more threat. I mean, Pedri is the creative force. He is the kind of brains behind the operation. But I, yeah, I, I don't see them being necessarily very, very troublesome for an Atleti side when they just, they don't have players that can take people on. So I've gone both teams to score no in this game, and that's at minus 117. And yeah, I just feel that one of these sides might win it. It could be a nil-nil draw, but I think it's going to be cagey and tight. First time since 2008 when Barcelona were coached by Frank Rijkaard that they haven't scored in three. They went four without scoring in that run. They were knocked out of the Champions League by Manchester United, then scored 14 in their next four. Let's hope that that does not happen this time around. Six of the last 10 league meetings, both teams to score no, so minus 117, as Rory pointing out, a value play here. If you just want to go unders, it's around about minus 130. So there's a little bit more juice in the both teams to score no. Uh, Mallorca, Hetafe next for us. This is Sunday, 6.30 local, 12.30 Eastern. Um, Mallorca plus 125, Hetafe plus 320. The draw here plus 185, and it surprised me that the draw was such a short price. Then I started to look into Mallorca's last few games, and the draw is always short. Um, I make 11 of the last 21 games have been priced 
under plus 200. Only four of those 21 games have been draws, but three of the last five have. Do they set up to be hard to beat Mallorca? Is their MO just to get draws at the moment? It's a bit of a curiosity. It's something you see in Italian football towards the end of the season. Not so much in Spain and certainly not with, what, eight, nine games still to go, Rory. What is it with Mallorca and draws or at least the price of the draw? Yeah, I think that Mallorca are sites that, as we said, they're always going to be kind of lacking in the goal scoring form and they're always going to be lacking in that creativity because as, lo- as much as I love Mauricio and he scored a good 12-13 goals this season he's he's not a clinical finisher and they just don't have anyone else who's who's going to chip in with a load of goals outside of him so it's a team that Javier Aguirre since he came in last season is set up to be solid to be organized to defend well and that's always going to be his modus operandi as you're kind of saying he's he's very much we will find a way kind of to, to break through teams. But if we can keep clean sheets, if we can keep ourselves solid, then we'll do that. And you, that's kind of reflected in their last six games. I think their one out of their last six has been over 2.5, um, which is going to inform my kind of pick, which is coming here. Hitafe similarly scoreless in three. Their last four have all been under 2.5 goals. They're two steady teams at Hitafe as well. They haven't won away from home since October against Elche which tells you that they're, they're not the best away from home. And it's just two wins away from home all season. So I've gone Mallorca to avoid defeats, Mallorca to win or draw, plus under 2.5 goals at minus 117. These are two steady teams that, yeah, I just don't see it being a back and forth game. I think a point is fine for both teams here and Hitafe will set up to get that point. Whether Mallorca can break through, Wherever Hitafe can, can nick a goal on the break, perhaps, but it's not going to be a game of many goals. I think a 1-1 draw is possible. I don't see it being sort of going over three goals here. Uh, Getafe, incidentally, uh, plus 600 to be relegated point by point. It seems that they are going to stay up. Mallorca certainly safe. We like Mallorca to win or draw an under two and a half goals at minus 117. Um, let's move on to the final game that we're going to take a look at. Sevilla versus Villarreal. Another season. This might be a battle for Champions League qualification. Villarreal obviously still very much uh, in the mix when it comes to qualifying for Europe, at least. They're four points behind Real Sociedad in fourth place. Villarreal currently in sixth. Sevilla, we know, have had a shocking campaign. However, their win against Valencia last weekend. I did see in some of the, the, the newspapers uh, suggesting that, you know, two fallen giants desperate for the points to get away from the relegation zone. And I guess that's true to a certain extent. But I know that yourself and Alan always believe that Sevilla were never really proper relegation candidates. And now they've got a bit of a buffer between themselves and the bottom three. They're eight points clear. They're not going to go down. Uh, Valencia, though, are in a whole world of pain uh, at the moment. We are not going to preview Valencia. We're talking Sevilla against uh, Villarreal. And we mentioned Villarreal, of course, uh, with that defeat. Uh, to Valladolid last time out. So the question is, do we base your prediction this weekend on the last game that we just saw or a more considered seasonal look at these two teams' forms? Give us your thoughts on this one. Always considered, Dan. That's that, that's <laughs> the, the modus operandi for me. Um, but yes, I think Sevilla, that was a big win for them on Sunday. And I think, it, as you say, kind of more or less confirmed their relegation not necessarily survival because they still need a few points, but they, they won't be far off it now. And 
I'm going for Villarreal to win this game at plus 150. And I'm slightly dancing with the devil because we know that Villarreal are so inconsistent. I think that almost plays into my hands. But one of the things that I've noticed about Villarreal is that they're curiously a little bit better away from home of late. They have three wins on the bounce. And you look at that Valladolid game, it was a somewhat empty Ceramica Stadium. And I just wonder if the fact that that intensity maybe isn't quite there at the Ceramica, there's maybe not quite a enthusiasm and backing of the team as you might want to see. That might be playing into it a, a little bit. And you go to Sevilla, you go to Nervion, nine o'clock on a Sunday night, that intensity will be there. We saw against Real Madrid that they're good at dealing with the pressure and they're good at um, kind of dealing with a, a home side that's going to turn up the pressure, turn up the heat on you. I think that's what Sevilla will try to do because Sevilla as well, we, they have that Manchester United tie on the Thursday. We don't know how that's going to go, obviously, but it it's going to take a lot out of, out of their legs, I think, because you had the United comeback, okay, they rotated, but then the emotional kind of battle against Valencia that was a big win for them I'm sure they will have been celebrating even just a little bit on the on the way back home and then you have United on Thursday that's going to be a huge emotional effort as well trying to to sort of manifest a victory over United without really having a kind of goal scorer or a kind of style of play that leads you to believe that they can beat United so bearing that in mind three kind of very high intensity games in the space of a week they come off that they're less in need of a result than they were but kind of before these two weeks started. I think Villarreal will, will have had that rest as we spoke about and they'll be able to hit them on the break. And yeah, once the Via do open up a little bit, once they go a little bit higher, then I expect Villarreal to be able to have that kind of space in behind them. And equally, Sevilla, from their point of view, they've scored two goals in each of Jose Luis Mendilibar's games, but it's been a masterclass in efficiency so far, which is not what we're used to from Sevilla, but particularly that United game where they where they didn't actually score the goals themselves. It has been very much one chance, one goal, and you wonder just how long that is going to continue. So, so yeah, I've gone very out to win at plus one fifty here, and I just I feel like they perhaps need it a little bit more, but there's just enough circumstances in their favour, and ultimately at this point, you we should be considering them a better team in Sevilla. Yeah, I I think this is a really good angle in because win or lose against Manchester United, mentally not quite sure how they are going to react to that. And I think the fact, as you pointed out, that they are now safe and they haven't really got to worry about anything below them. Even if they lose, I think they're going to come into this game um, a little bit mentally fatigued. Yeah, absolutely right. I think it could be better the weekend for me. In fact, Villarreal to win plus 150 uh, away at Sevilla, off the back of Sevilla's um, Europa League exertions against Manchester United. Let's just recap the other games for you before we disappear. So Villarreal, we like to win plus 150. They are away at Sevilla. That is a, a nine o'clock game in Spain. So we're looking at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Mallorca to win or draw an under two and a half goals at minus 117 in the Mallorca-Hetafe game. Again, that's the Sunday fixture. Uh, when it comes to the Saturday 6.30 game, local 12.30 Eastern, which is via the lid against Girona. We like Girona to win or draw and over one and a half goals at plus 102. Our first pick is Espanyol Cadiz. We like Cadiz to win or draw minus 125 against relegation threatened Espanyol Friday night, nine o'clock local. And just reminders 
um, Rory. Big game of the weekend is, of course, Barcelona against Atleti at Camp Now with Barca the favourites at 107 or minus 107. Atleti plus 310 here, but we are not expecting goals in the game, we think. Just remind us of your selection in this one. Yep, I've gone both teams to score no at minus 117, as we're saying. Not expecting goals. I think you can mark out Antoine Griezmann as perhaps the only striker that's actually in form out of these two sides. So, so yeah, if uh, Barcelona can shut him down, then they've got a relatively good chance of getting a result as well. Those are the tips over the course of this weekend. We are going to be back early uh, midweek for games uh, next midweek. It's the final midweek round in La Liga before we just go weekend to the end of the season. We've got games Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. We're going to do our best to record it on Monday night and we'll concentrate on the Wednesday and Thursday games for you. Rory, thanks for your company. As always, that wraps it up for today. And as we mentioned, we're back early next week to preview week 31. Please join us then and stay across all of the Bet Rivers content at Because We Win. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.